Nintendo. This episode of Nintendo Voice Chat is brought to you by Gamefly. Gamefly is a way to buy and rent all your favorite games while saving money. Go to Gamefly.com, pick your favorite games, and have them mailed directly to your door. Go to Gamefly.com slash NVC and start your free premium 30-day trial today. chat for the week of april 20th 2017 i am your host jose otero and coming up on nintendo voice chat this is our big the legend of zelda breath of the wild spoiler cast and this is a big deal something we've been building up to for a while if anything we owe you an apology for waiting for a month but we're going to go through why open air is one of the best things that happened to zelda we're also going to talk about how Nintendo approached the story and whether they were successful or in pla- some places where they weren't. We are also going to talk about puzzle. Everything under the hood is up for discussion. So if you don't want spoilers, you are in the wrong video right now. But joining me to talk about it this week, we have Brendan Graber. How you doing? We have Brian Altano. What's up? Who does not brap anymore. Yes, I do. What? You're not brap. been brap free for about a year now. That's uh, not true. I put some patch. on a little show. I put it on another show here and there. Patch. Maybe when you got skinny like the ability to rap kind of went away like the the necessary flap it's kind of a there we go and Pear Schneider. Hello, Jose. All right. We have a lot to talk about and this is a, an important game uh, for us to really discuss because I mean on the site we and we weren't the only ones but we gave it a 10 and I think it's important to just put up front for the audience the 10 is a masterpiece on IGN but it is in no way a perfect game right. and so there will be critical discussion here for pros and for cons, and it's something that's very important. Our highest recommendation only means that we hope the industry at large will look at this game as a, as a point of inspiration, as something that we think everyone should play. Yeah, I mean that's to me a ten says don't even think about it. You're gonna you're gonna play this and you're gonna love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. There's always the odd person who walks away and says that's not what I wanted. But I mean, I I know so many people have played this game and it put uh, smiles on on everyone's yeah. face. I agree. Yeah. All right, so then let's kick things off with our first topic, and it is about open air uh, and specifically this concept of open world but sort of magnified in a very different way open air touched every single part of zelda breath of the wild and in some ways there were positives and in some there weren't um to me open air felt like nintendo's answer uh to self-discovery yeah and to this idea that they wanted you to figure things out and i think the way they went about doing it was really elegant and we got our first taste of it at e3 when we played the great plateau and that's everyone's first taste of how it works right yeah, and I, honestly, I mean, like, I, I keep thinking about just the concept of that game, that you can climb anything, go anywhere, and as you build up your character, you can climb a little bit more, but, like, there, there are very few limitations that keep you out of something, right? Like, very few barriers at all, except for around the map, and, like, 
I, the reason why other developers don't do this is it's so hard to test that. Right. Make yeah. sure it's balanced and, it, and that you can't break it. And that, you know, and like also just kind of from a pacing and discovery perspective, they want to lead you down a path even in an open world game, right? Where like maybe in a Grand Theft Auto, the, the airport isn't open and you don't have an airplane yet or something. Like they kind of nudge you in the right direction. In this game, they just said, screw it. You you build your story and determine the, uh, the order of things. And I, I just... I kind of keep on thinking it's really hard to go back after that. It really is. And I think it's like, you know, we, we cover a lot of open world games here at IGN. I specifically love open world games. I just this year alone, I, you know, I had just played horizon just before this, mm-hmm. which I adored. Um, and last year, stuff like Watch Dogs, the year before, you know, far cry assassin's creed. Also really looking forward to red Dead. Of course. Yeah. I can't wait. But I think what a lot of those games share is, um, they're, they follow a pattern of sort of like climbing something very tall, opening up all these little tick, tick boxes to check off and then going down and, and, and discovering them. Uh, but I think what they lack is is growth of your own personal character. And like, Perry, you just nailed it. Like, you are better at climbing by the end of that game. You are better at fighting of better weapons. In Assassin's Creed, you can kind of run up a building at the beginning the same way you can at the end, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think the same goes for a lot of ways, but I, I, a lot of games. And I look at Breath of the Wild as this adventure of childlike discovery, of walking out in this world, being somewhere brutal and, and cold and unforgiving, and then there's a sunset or a sunrise, and you come over and there's a mountain that you've never seen before. But the more you go, the better you get, the stronger you become, the better you become at cooking and eating and Mm -hmm. fighting and living and breathing and and climbing everything little by little without like all of the weird little video gamey menu stuff of like filling up bars and filling up boxes. It doesn't feel that way. And the the little helping elements, like in a lot of classic Zelda games, you go into a room and there is like an eye at the wall and you have your bow and arrow and you're out of arrows. You know, if you chop one of the like bushes or something, you'll get arrows. Whereas in this game, you could go into a shrine and the solution to a puzzle could be much simpler if you had fire arrows with you yeah. or if you just had a stick in some cases, right? One of the big differences, it isn't scenario driven, right? Like yeah. we're used to an open world running up to someone who then sort of, it, it is required that you talk to that person and it's very, indica- the game is constantly pulling you towards that person for the most part. The UI, you think of Assassin's Creed and when you like get on top of one of those beautiful vista shots they have, but then what it will do is unlock the portion of your map where it mm-hmm. says, okay, there's like 30 of these quests and you're going you're gonna to go out and explore it. Whereas Zelda's answer is, no, we're going to show you topography. Right. We're not going to tell you what's in there. That's on you to figure out. Brendan? Yeah, there's also, I think, um, you were saying, like, like, to account for every possible thing you can do is something that people don't think about a lot. Like you have to, for a game like this, they had to make sure that if you wanted to go left off the Great Plateau, there will be something for you there, and the game could continue. Like, yeah. if you didn't want to go to Impa, that's cool. Go off to a, a Divine Beast. Zelda will tell you about it. Mm-hmm. And, like, if you want to go to Impa, that's fine. But if you want to, like, skip past the character, yeah. somebody else will be there to fill you in. When right. you you specifically were testing this, I remember uh, during the whole review process and talking to you, and you were like, yeah, so I made my way to the Zora, and there's one way to do Talk about what we talked. Do you remember this conversation? Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, yeah. so I was uh, doing the walkthrough for how to get to Zora's Domain, and there's a lot of characters around the outskirts of the uh, Lanryu Tower who are Zora, like, hey, by the 
the way, some Prince guy's looking for you. Sidon wants to talk to you. Yeah, they kind of direct you there, but you can actually go around them. It's hard because it's rain everywhere, but you can just side skip them entirely, go all the way to Zora's domain and talk to the king, and he shows up. He's like, oh, hey, where'd you come from? And he gets a different intro. It's it's still an introduction like as if you met him by the the bridge. It it makes you wonder, like, how did they think of that? Like, how many scenarios did they create and how many different diversions did they write around and write towards? Like, years of testing. It's it's incredible. Yeah, Yeah, and they, I mean, what, what I find really interesting with this game is that they had to predict what players would do, right? right? Like, and I'm sure it grew over time, and that's why it took so long, got delayed, right? Like, once they discovered, oh, electricity, it's got to affect the weapons, like, and they kind of built on that. Um, I think different scenarios and stories and side quests also developed. Like, there is, you know, a side quest where lightning keeps on hitting one of the stables, and like, you know, the solution is obviously related to something metal. But what I thought was most intriguing with this game is that it still... Like as a player who's used to to being funneled down a story and pacing and, and a certain pace, I didn't start this game and go like I'm gonna go right to the castle. Right. Like I'm like you know, tens of Zelda games have trained me the castle is where Ganon is, that's the end. I'm not even going to go there. I didn't have the courage to go there, right? And you could. Like, you can... I know you did a little bit of a test, like, for for a video. Like, can you actually survive and running in there? And, you know, obviously, after playing a lot, a long time, you can probably, with three hearts, make it in just fine because you know the game systems. But, like, the game just made you think in a way that was different. It wasn't about, I'm going to get to this point Z in the story. It was, I got to really develop my character before I get the courage. It's a quest for courage, right? Like, you you just got to do all these things. I'm going to ignore that place. Right. I'm going to just put a hand over the map and not go there. Mm-hmm. And think about <clears throat> the way other open world games push back on you in walling sections off and stuff like that, or specifically the Zelda games, right? Like Ocarina of Time, you're in Hyrule Village, or you're, I mean, you're in Kakariko Village where you start out, and uh, you can't walk past that guy standing in front of the tree stump hole. Yeah, he's yeah. like, no, and he's, he's like, does yeah. this like dodge yeah, Mido just went. And in Breath of the Wild, you'd just be like, get out of the way. You'd climb over him. You'd climb around him. You know, you don't see some people. Yeah. You don't realize they're there. Yeah. And that's, that was, I I mean, the open air concept is so cool just from a technical perspective that it works with all the climbing and parachuting and like all the things you can do, like the updraft system. When you set something on fire that you can keep on flying. That is so cool. But just the notion that after 140 hours in, I find a forest that I've never been to. Like I just ignored it somehow on the map, you know, the where the, where yeah. the lights go out, that forest? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. that yeah. forest. Yeah, we it's all know that spot. so cool that there are still secrets after over 100 hours. Well, and it's interesting game. that you point out that there's a lot of prediction happening, but I also feel there's a lot of being very considerate of where's the best place to do this. Right. Yeah. I'll give you a couple of examples. Um, Great Plateau is one of my favorite places in this game, and I feel like I talk about it a lot, but it's only because it's so elegant. The first resurrection tower you're at, you can clearly see where all four shrines are, and it is the quick tutorial of this is how you find things. you got to stand on something very tall. My second favorite example, though, this is the example I'm actually driving towards, was when you got the glider. You were standing on one of the tallest buildings on that plateau, and there is a wide-open window in front of you. So the build-up to get the glider leads to this immediate payoff of, go 
ahead. Yeah. You're going to have fun. Yeah, Jump the and yeah. take the leap, pull out your glider and soar. It's like it's baby birding, basically, right? Yeah, like they're yeah. just kind of like, you You can do this. Interestingly <laughs> enough, though, they could have done that at any shrine. But yeah. when you think about it, two of those shrines were on flat ground. Mm-hmm. Two of them were on high ground. And so the solution became, no, let's put you inside of the Temple of Time instead. And the only times the game attempts to sort of like quarter in that, that freedom a little bit is with temporal changes. And even that, like that's the kind of pushback that like I appreciated because it made me go like, well, do I need clothes for this or I can eat peppers? Yeah, I had to. I went to the area in the Gor- the to the Goron town for the first time, yeah. just literally on fire, <laughs> eating apples like a screaming crazy <laughs> person thing. until I went into the store and bought the clothes. Apples. Yeah. yeah, and I was just like ah, eating apples running. Around. But like I talked to other people, they were like. Dude, that's not the way you're speaking. You didn't go to the stable yeah, and learn can, about the potion? So many other ways no, but to there's do a that. Goron, if you talk to the first Goron you see, which I did, I don't know if the game is programmed to recognize this, but he says, oh man, you should go to the store. We yeah. sell like flame retardant yeah, yeah. outfits. And I was like, how does he know? And, ah, and I just ran <laughs> in on fire, like dunked yeah. in there like yep. to try and get the outfit. That, yeah, no, it's a good point. Like the game, the game limits you, but it doesn't, it doesn't prevent you, mm-hmm. right? Like if you, if you remember like Super Metroid, you'll open the door and you run in you go because you're taking damage from the heat the whole time you can still explore a little bit and like yeah. run as fast yeah, as you then can run away. but yeah. in this game you have so many solutions to making it through the hot area including like finding somebody at the stable who will sell you a potion or tell you how to brew a potion or you just eat a bunch of frozen meat like a crazy person like or, it's great or you have a cold weapon on yep. your back yeah. right yeah. like all these things all these ways to beat those limitations which never existed in the Zelda games like mm-hmm. if you saw a temple that you could only enter with a hookshot. You could only enter it with a hookshot. There was no way around it. Well, and that was the thing I think that became the brick wall to them was um, we have to give you all of the items up front and we can't, uh, they didn't have the confidence to account for you not having the item yeah. you needed. Yeah. And I think that uh, in a game that was trying to break a lot of convention and be very different, um, the unfortunate part was you never got that hook shot. You yeah. never got a new tool. Right. You had to, but they found a lot of ingenious ways for you to use the tools you had. I mean, 120 shrines is nothing to sneeze at. No, totally. 100 of them were great, I would say. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. that's the total that I would hit. The, the 20 extra were a combination of those motion shrines that... And test of I, combat for the... Yeah, t- combat trials, but like motion shrines to me were just... They didn't feel right using the, the Switch itself in, in many uh, occasions. Um, and it was something that really kind of bummed me out because it's not a bad concept. I just don't think that the Switch I, handles them well. Yeah. I, w- I would have loved a couple of things in the world where you are truly stumped and you get a hint that you need a special key or item to open it. Like I, I think it would have actually helped if there was something that was tailored towards the boomerang, which you can find in all sorts of places. You don't have to complete one temple to get it. Mm-hmm. But like if there was something tied to it, I would have liked it. There's one thing. There's the trident, for example. That's if you guys example. remember, there's one temple you raised by using the trident. Yeah. Um, they, but there weren't enough of those where where the game made you feel like, oh, this is a really hard puzzle. Uh, the the um, in uh, near Kakariko, there was a uh, uh, you know you see the the ball, the orange ball in Impa's house. Oh wait, did you figure and that then, out? Yeah, yeah, I figured that out. But I'm not going to say no. No, I'm not going to say it. But, cast. Get it go out ahead. there. Let it go. Let well, it fly. No, well, no, it was that limitation was based on not having completed the quest in Kakariko Village. You needed to talk to someone who will not tell you about this quest unless you completed all the other things. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, you know, so there was it's a like the Gerudo ma- uh, the the Gerudo helmet yeah. in the Gerudo town. Correct. 
Correct. You had to do everything in order to be able to borrow that. Yeah. And then, and then, but it, it wasn't even it that back, easy. You actually had to know to talk to this one person yeah. too. And it was, it reminded me of Majora's Mask where like you followed someone to see what they did. And then you're like, wait, what is she doing? And then you follow the person home and you, you learn about the quest. And then it actually, you haven't done this yet, but it's really cool. Yeah, I'll, I will not give away the solution, but you can follow different people and you don't know who did it. It's and a who done it? Someone yes. steals the orb. Somebody steals the it. orb. Oh. And so you don't know who did it, and you can be like, wait, I'm sure it's this person. So I just get to yeah. be Columbo. So where were you on the yeah. 20? Just one last question. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> but yeah, th- I, I thought those kinds of those deeper mysteries were really interesting to me. Or like there's a pedestal. Whenever there was a pedestal, and you're looking at it, and you're like, I, I, what do I do? Right. Yeah. And then yeah. the solution is like, get naked. Mm-hmm. Or you know, in some cases, there there were some some more involved ones with the if you remember the shadow from a tower or something. Yeah, I think for me, some of the mystery was also in the the smart uh, world design of like you're on that tower, but there are so many cool things in every direction. Like, oh, look at that weird looking mountain, or look at that swamp with lightning all around it. Like, what's that? Like, everything yeah. looks enticing. That swamp, yeah. that swamp was crazy. Yeah, and yeah I you did just not see that cloud. That. You're just like, I don't see that anywhere else. Well, I didn't expect it to keep raining. Like, I'm in there and I'm trying to do what the uh, what the, the shrine quest that pops up is asking right. me to do. I think it was like gather these orbs that mm-hmm. were placed around, and because it's raining, you can't really climb anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's painful, but it, it's a smart painful i like that they went for that but i realized man this cloud's not leaving like what is the deal and then i realized oh it always rains here i I remember because this was on my second playthrough by the way on my first playthrough i just noticed it's always raining there but then i'd be like oh off on adventure i do think it's important to mention that rain can be a real pain in this game like and i mean there are times where it's like comical where you're like all right i gotta get it right there i got everything i need i cooked all my food and damn and you're just slipping yeah. down the side. I think I spent about an hour trying to climb one of the labyrinths in the, on the yep. island because it kept raining like on like days of rain. Yep. But you can build a fire, right? Yeah. Like yeah, there's ways around it. And like I, it dawned on me pretty late, like you know, probably like 30 hours into the game, I'm like, oh, there's a weather forecast gauge. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, it, is, it, it is, it is sunny, it is sunny tomorrow. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna like find a safe spot and like wait. I, see, I didn't even know that. Hours. I didn't realize I that, no that, idea. That's what that was. So yeah. I on the on the second playthrough, which has been way more. Uh, I, I mean, I've loved it more on the second trip than on the first, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but I turned it all off because you have Pro UI. Oh, yeah. And so I didn't know that they were forecasting the weather for you. Um, but I will say that, yeah, the rain is tied to some comical moments. And what I think open air and <laughs> torch up being, quests, every time you try to do a torch oh my quest, God. it starts it rains, to rain. Yeah. I thought that was just part of the script. And I was texting like seven <laughs> of my friends and I was like, dude, this game is really hard. And they're like, oh, it was a sunny day. Everybody's looking for like, guide help for that uh, one yeah. quest. I'm like, what are you talking about? It was sunny for me yeah <laughs> yep no i i agree the hardest enemy in that game yeah, <laughs> is rain. rain yeah no no i i completely agree and i think that um the other so open air to me also turned into the, a great avenue for you to tell your own stories yep and we're going to get into this game story a little further in the program but i do love the amount of conversation and how we had those conversations because even though you kind of wanted to walk on eggshells be like well i don't know if so-and-so has been that far mm, yeah. but every story felt unique every every experience felt unique and i've played big open world games but i've never felt like i had this many stories to tell and yeah. that every uh 
every discovery in the first 20 hours was like mind blowing to me in, in a large or small capacity. Well, like I just tweeted out the other day, but uh, like an awesome NBC fan animated one of the stories I did in this show. And that was a very personal story I had with a bone horse <gasps> that no one else I know had. Right. Um, but then I put that out on Twitter and a bunch of other people were just like, here's pictures of my bone horse. Yeah. And here's like the way that happened with me. So I think there's just something really interesting about all that. Cause you think about like the starting line and the finish line to this game. The starting line is you, you're a kid, you got to go save some stuff, blah, 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 Zelda. The finish line is, is beat Ganon, right? Mm-hmm. Everything in between, you're kind of like, there's going to be some items, some dungeons, some temples, that kind of stuff. Um, pretty straightforward. I don't think a lot of people really walked out of, you know, say Skyward Sword with so many of their own personal stories. But this one, between those two very straightforward start and finish lines, is just this miracle of game design that has caused us all to talk about this video game in the way I've never talked about any video game with my friends. Before. And you know what's they're they're so clever with how they incentivize you to check something out, right? Like they they make you cook by mm-hmm. introducing the elements, right? And you're like, oh, I can I can survive here if I make myself this potion, right? So they don't force you to do it. They just kind of say like, oh, if you do this, maybe you can do that, right? Um, when you're upgrading your armor, suddenly you will look at ingredients that, that you thought were the most commonplace and boring like freaking fireflies or something mm-hmm. which you caught in the beginning you're like hey, I don't need any fireflies and then you get this armor and it needs fireflies to upgrade and suddenly you're on a quest or like Lionel's like I always ran from Lionel's for the long time I'm like not not worth it and then right. I get an armor set and I'm like Lionel horns Lionel yep. you know, Lionel hooves and Sharpening all that stuff sword, or like yeah, the, go. the Koroks want something from a Lionel and like suddenly now you become a freaking bounty hunter you put on your freaking mask and you go out there and you just hunt them all down mm-hmm. yeah so cool um, it it touched dungeons and it touched specifically the last area you will explore before you finish the game yeah. in an interesting way as well i thought um let's start with dungeons sure um i enjoyed the fact that i felt like i was inside of a of a, of a large machine something that when i realized that there's an extra mechanic in manipulating the space I don't think I've seen a Zelda do that in that capacity. And maybe someone can correct me on this. Fire Temple is the only no, the, one, the, really, the, the, right? Actually, so. no, the Stone Temple. Oh. Uh, the Stone Temple in Majora's yeah. Mask was that time where you're going through that temple and you're like, that last asset looked like it was upside down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, no, that, I don't know what that just is. Upside but, down? but then you find out, oh, yeah. I got to run outside and whoop, and you turn yeah. it over. Now, back, granted, granted, back then the technology was yeah. limited, but this was a real-time version of that. You're right? right. And I think the interesting part of it is that it's great spectacle your first two times. Mm-hmm. I think it is not as interesting your third and fourth time. But that's that's true. That. But yeah. like, if you remember like the Fire Temple, the Water Temple, they all Nintendo always played with the notion that you step into a space and then you do something and it changes it. Right, like in like Ocarina of Time, actually had a lot of these puzzles where, like, the Forest Temple, you twist a hallway and it turns the next room on its side, sure, right? Sure. And then but the Fire Temple has an right. elevator, and the yeah. Water Temple suddenly you underwater, you can no longer like leap somewhere or something. But those right? still felt like mechanics versus manipulating they, and affecting the they, entire. Space. They changed yeah. a room, yeah. whereas in this game, you could change part of a room. Like if you think about the camel, like it's just one giant cylinder. hallway, yeah, like it's yeah. a cylinder, but you can rotate pieces of it and create a completely different walkway and you had mm-hmm. to really go how the heck do, that, do I get up there and you really had to use the maps too to find the points to get to mm-hmm. and in some cases I was looking at the structure I'm like 
I don't know how to get there. Like I, I can, I guess I can use the gale to fly up there and then, you know, like, yeah. but like, how would you have done it if you didn't have it? And you start to figure I, I out the solution. And I found it interesting really quickly before we go further with dungeons. What was yeah. your, what was your completion order? Each person? Like, do you remember the order with which you be, in which you defeated them? Yeah. Elephant first. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. I did fish first. <laughs> elephant, elephant, fish. Is elephant. fish. Uh, oh no, that's the elephant. Yeah, elephant. Oh, yeah, the, the elephant. elephant. Yeah, 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 elephant. Okay. Fish, fish second. look like this. Elephants are the ones with a trunk. <laughs> yeah, sec- <laughs> second shrine. Uh, second shrine was nice uh, what do we have? We have uh, bird. Okay, bird. bird. My second was camel. Me too. Vanaboris. Yes. Mine was yeah. lizard. Okay, uh, and the salamander. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I did. Bird. Ca- I did camel next, and then bird. salamander. Salamander. Bird. Salamander last for salamander me. Salamander last. Yeah. What's the, the last one? one? Goron. Goron. Okay. Oh, that's the salamander. The, the, the fire one? The bird was my fourth. The bird was, bird your, last was your last one. Okay. Gamal was my last one. Okay, Gamal. We're not referring to them by names, but I, I just think that the order in which you discovered them impacted your favorite and non-favorite, which we'll get to I later. See, see, to me, I'm, I'm always scared of the fire area. Like, it's just like, whenever I went to the Goron, I'm like, oh, man, like, I don't want to have to deal with all the heat and right. all this stuff. And, <laughs> and so I'm like, I'm just going to do one of the other ones first. Well, and, I, it's like, like, I was talking to my friends who played this game the way we did. Everyone who split off in different directions came back as different people. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like one dude came back with, like, a British accent and sunburns and stuff like that. Like, you come in with new armor, and you're like, where did you get that? And you're yeah. like, oh, dude, I was in the desert for like a yeah. week <laughs> i was like really i was like in the mountains like yeah. that's a great observation uh, you can see by the yeah. clothes for sure like people get like favorite clothes too yeah. like even when you're not in the snow you're still wearing that outfit you look like sherpa link or something yeah just people emerge from the from the jungle or the desert or the snow as your little different. bikini outfit yeah and they've got go back in dire armor yeah they're eating different types uh-huh. of meat and they've got different clothes on they're like who is this man you know nice nice i didn't no, think I about that well and it felt very cultural as a result right yeah. like it felt like okay the East belongs to uh, the Kakariko village, and yeah. so and each village had a very except for Hateno. Hateno, I felt was like this melting pot to me somewhat. Yeah, as a it village felt a like bit more homogenous than the others. Mm. Whereas like Gerudo uh, Palace is still very much girls only, and yeah. there's a secret shop by the way. Yeah, which I love that quest. Yeah, that yeah. Was yeah Hateno was almost the replacement for Castle Town. You know, just like a bunch of shops, and then it obviously had the lab up high on the on the um, on the hill, so and you had the read down into. Yeah, yeah. Like just the design, like the fi- the f- fact that you warp to the lab and then you float down into the village, mm-hmm. like it's just like they really thought about feel of the game, like how you arrive in something. It's so right. good, yeah. And even in a, in in the case of the Rito, just that habitat, like looking like space, and you're going up this spire, and there yeah. are all these. Uh, I also I, I started realizing, and I was talking about this with Zach Ryan, who I, I do link together with here at IGN. Plug plug plug. You should watch that. Uh, we every time we would beat a shrine or beat four shrines, and we'd go to cash in uh, our orbs, we would warp to Kakariko Village, yep. to the shrine right there, yep. run off that cliff, grab Geronimo! two apples on the way down, yes, always get <laughs> land, <laughs> see the statue, and I was like, he was like, you know, there's like a dozen different places you can yep. cash in in this game. Why do we both keep going to there? And I'm like, it's just cool. I just yeah, like going yeah. to, that's my spot. It's like feeling. It's like, well, why do you go shopping at like, you know, Whole Foods or Stop and Shop? Like, why do you go to, what, what's your grocery store in I your town? I did most of my upgrades in that town too, even yep. though Hateno, there's one. And there's like, no reason the, for yeah. it. You just, yeah. just kind of connect with it after yeah. a while. Nope. It's, it's, your, it's your walk home, you know? Yeah. Easily the most interesting space in the game though was Hyrule Castle. Oh yeah. Um, oh, for, yeah. For, many, for many, many, many reasons. And it's a space that, um, the earlier you enter and work up the courage to look around, 
the more interesting the discoveries you find. Even I, I love how subtle it is. You feel like you're not supposed to be there. That's the whole thing. It's yeah, like you stay out, basically. What, what, you know? what I love too is it's not just this hostile space that you're not supposed to be at. It's also that. The game will never explain, but when you know how it'll just label places and tell mm-hmm. you, oh, this is this chapel or this mm-hmm. is this space. Yep. And I would constantly be like, this is so cool. And I'd get no context. I'd get no. If this was another game, I'd feel like I'd find a diary that's like, and on our last day, we found blah. Like, yeah. The, this you game found a couple, yeah. a couple of those. You did, but you didn't get a ton. Yeah. And what I really admired was that. It left it up to you. Like, it really was about you got to wonder what happened It here. was storytelling Not, through environment. Yeah, and that's, I think, is, is preferred. I don't, I don't always... I don't know if I ever appreciated as much not having all the answers. Right. I thought was, this through. The fort outside with all the guardians uh, yeah. looked, uh, you know, there's, there's a revelation in the, in the memories. But, like, spoiler you come cast, to, you yeah, say. no, but you come to the <laughs> fort and you see all the guardians were, like, shut down while climbing the, the fortress, like, the walls and everything. And just, like, they didn't need to explain what happened. You just looked at it and you felt, like... Big bad stuff happened here, right. and then somehow they all got shut down. Thanks, so. though. I kind of considered it to be like the fifth and my favorite uh, temple or divine mm-hmm. beast, mm-hmm. and it's the one of the five that is the most sort of combat and stealth driven, mm-hmm. or definitely, you know, not even close. It's really but, up to you. Yeah, it's really up to you. But like you look at the other uh, divine beasts, like go, going into those, like in, interacting with the camel. The 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 stage is the puzzle, and there's maybe like one little guardian in there. Like there's not a lot of enemies. Couple, yeah. like you don't re- like I would always like. Stab up with a whole bunch of food and a bunch of weapons and go in there and be like, oh, that's right. I don't really need these until I get to the, to the Ganon, you yep. know, at the end of each one. But Hyrule Castle was a war zone and <laughs> you could go in any direction and you're in the basement and you're fighting like that stone, you know, that silver Lionel. Yeah, the silver Lionel or like the bone Hinox yeah, or yeah, like the Stalnox who leaves their, that shield behind. That's yeah. just the iconic shield. That yeah, I that was a fun discovery too because I ran in, uh, a friend was overplaying and he just cleared the, the Great Plateau and, I, and we were all just getting ready to call it a day and he's like, why don't you, I dare you to run in because you played this game, right? I'm like, it's too early and no. Yeah. <laughs> three hearts i don't know if i want to do that he's like do it ran through and i stumbled upon all of that that network of 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 of, of car of um, tunnels and r- stuff. tunnels yeah. and railroad tracks and it led me to where you get the shield i was like i i reviewed this game and didn't find it you wouldn't let me like, tell you i was so upset i was just like someone i need to tell someone what i found alana come with me i need yep, to tell yeah, you something yeah. the cell block in particular i walked in and i'm like link to the past flashbacks yeah you know where yes. you like you got the ooh, ooh guy yep. like in link to the past in the cell blocks but now you easy, see it yeah. all yeah like one Audio of the dark nuts yeah. See you do what you just yeah did. i was swinging a morning star there's also there's an entire river yeah, but down it, he's there. not in there he's not in there like there's a river down there there's a minecart sequence yep. that leads to uh, a talus boiling puddles you can put eggs into you can also did you see those no i didn't know if you, you put an egg into the boiling puddles they become boiled you can make eggs poached eggs in yeah. it boiled eggs yeah not just that you can sit in the in the hot spring puddle and you'll just get health back oh, that's awesome yeah. that's very so japanese awesome. by yeah. the way and then and then there's a big banquet hall with like food still on the table a bunch of like moblins and bobo clients i saw goblins running around yep. if you go to the fireplace you can see a weapon in it and you have to use magnesis to yeah. get it out like you know just these little playful things they have walls that are barricaded that you can bomb all that stuff oh, and there are walls you can move where you just the library two hidden very walls. interesting yeah. diaries that we're going to get yep. into when we get into story i love the, lo- the at, library at the top of uh hyrule castle is a korok and you will never <laughs> get right. it it's unless the first thing you i did go up there and yep. that is one of those like 
Of course they would put one there. But it's still like, nah, they wouldn't. This is like right next to that boss, man. Like, I don't know if they... And that, there it is. Also, can you believe that what? there are side quests to go into Hyrule Castle? Yeah. It's like, hey, can you give me a sword from Hyrule Castle? Like, are you kidding? It's Reganon is. That was the motivator. Yeah. And that's what I find so clever with this game is that I was... I didn't want to go there because I, I I always worried I'm like I don't want to trigger an end game before yeah. I've I've experienced everything accident. else right and so I didn't want to go there but then this lady goes oh I really want this armor I'm like mm. all right I guess there's a reason to go yeah yep. yep. and then the music and everything was so freaking cool like the kind of like the off key versions of the classic themes oh, yeah. playing there and I, that's like one thing about the game I love and I don't love like I love the piano music but I was waiting for that moment where I get on a horse and that Zelda theme plays. Plays, mm. You get a little bit in the north in the mountains. You get the the, mm. the tune playing, but there wasn't that kick ass well, moment. It'll, it'll you know? happen every, it, and it'll happen every so often. And I think mm. it was the result of just the world being the central character yep. and the wild being the thing that they wanted you to sort of yeah. be surrounded by. The, the ambient sound of mm. you're by yourself. I think the unwanted consequence, though, is that as you sort of tame the wild, and what I mean by that is as you solve more and more shrines you have less reasons to travel that way. You now have fast travel. And that's why if you're playing this game, my biggest recommendation to you, the thing I would say is don't fast travel unless you need to. Like mm-hmm. ride a horse, like just go out there and see what draws your eye. Because the minute you start to just sort of ping pong and blip all over the place, I do feel like it loses that that amazing part of discovery a little bit, not a yeah. ton. I would always just set my uh, my sensor, and like I, you know, ho- hopefully if you're still playing this game, you're looking for things. You're using your sensor and taking pictures of items, and that's kind of like a meta quest to take all the pictures, right? Watch out with the Ganons. <laughs> Remember to take pictures. Um, but like I would walk, I would walk and set down, like uh, set like peppers or something, whatever I needed to upgrade uh, armor. I would set that as my target, and that really incentivizes you to walk because you always see that next lizard or that next object. Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. Um, but another place where music and combat sort of come together in a way that you and I talked about that you really appreciated, Pear, was how defeating a mid-boss had this awesome timed piano solo that led with a boom and when, it would be done. Like when, when you finish fighting a steep talus. When this, when the, yeah, when the, when the, uh, stala, when the talus blows up, it actually is part of the music. It was like, yeah. dun, 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 dun. <laughs> right, know? which is like, uh, from a musical perspective, is an incredibly difficult thing to do, to time yeah. that narrative to go. Because like, first I thought it was coincidence. Then I'm like, man, they did that. They yeah. actually timed it exactly. It's, it's, yeah. so, it's so smart. Yeah. It's so smart. Every, every mid-boss except, I don't know if Lionel's have a theme. Yeah, I don't think no, they no. do. No, they just generic. have that, that terrifying question mark over yeah. there. Like, hmm? But I love like that jazzy sound, that, that that song that plays when you're fighting a Hinox. It's so good. It's a comedy. <laughs> and he's just like, and he's coming. It's, it's, yeah, it's very, very comedic. And all the different ways you can attack him and how the music swells around that. You light his foot on fire and then shoot him in the eye. Yeah. Like, it's it's I, so great. That, yeah, yeah we, we, I guess we'll talk about bosses in a little bit, but oh, like they, there's some, the, there aren't a lot of like traditional like Zelda like bosses yeah. in this game, right? Like that was one of my, I missed that. I, I love the like going into an empty room and then like the spider is watching you from the ceiling or the snake rises out of the, out of the water. And start pounding the drum. Yeah, yeah. Oh God, bongo bongo. Um, so I was missing that a little bit, but I did, really appreciate how you could happen upon these these kind of bosses in the open landscape and like the musical cues towards them just kind of going like 
is that is that right. you know like yeah. from far away like what are these bones is that a stalnox or is that just a bunch, mm-hmm. of, bunch of bones like yeah. that I really really like and no boss was impossible as a result I think in making a game where you can encounter these things at any time um, they sort of had to face the fact that you kind of should have a small chance somewhat. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like that's why Steve Tallis will eventually lose his edge once you realize if I have a hammer, this is a wrap. Like yeah. all I need to do is the spin attack on that little weak spot and we're done mm-hmm. until you find another variety where right. that weak spot is on his butt. Yeah, yeah like a whole other issue there. Yeah, but yeah. Like with a, exactly. Like with a step talus, you can just get on top of it because it's just a rock, but then you get the ice one. And yeah. if you're not impervious to freezing, and he wrecked you can't, me. you can't climb on it. Yeah. Right? I, like, I was like, and the lava one, there's a yeah. fire one. Yeah. I had like 16 hearts and all the, the highest level weapons in the game. Yeah. And he still whooped my ass. Yeah. And yeah. so like the, the one thing I really loved, um, because, the discovery happened later in the game like you, you see your Lionel in the beginning probably get your butt whooped and then stay out of their way for a while right well, they steer um, you towards one too in the Zara quest but you can, but you don't have to fight them you can no. just steal the arrows Most people and I would bet arrows. you ran right up to start the fight and then they got wrecked yeah. and were like I know my place yeah. now I'm gonna go just grab yeah. those arrows so, so, but you see all of those fairly early in the game oh. but the the Stalnox one basically the skeleton version of the big Hinox Hinox guy right like the one eyed monster you find him pretty late once you go into um, you know you can bump into one in a forest or or in the desert or in the castle as well right like in the castle he's in the cell block like I found my first one in the cell block and then I thought I'd just do the same thing I do with all of them and like just slash at him run through the legs and all that and the guy doesn't die Mm-mm. you gotta get his eye out yeah. right yeah. Like, yeah. Around. I thought that was really cool just that discovery that the, the skull version of this guy needed a different strategy to yeah. be and that I one specifically cool. can creep on you because I was exploring near the castle and there is a platform or a, a road nearby where it got late. Uh, it was it was dark, and all of a sudden, I just turned around, and he's just coming over the next set of trees, and I'm like. <laughs> I didn't know you were there, and it just freaked me out. Or there are other times you find the bones, but they don't become animated. Did anyone yeah. find out the answer? How, what wakes up a, a Stalnox? Do we know? Magic. Magic? I thought it was just certain nights. Yeah? I don't know. Maybe yeah. to be there when You can see the bones in some places. Uh, yeah, that, that discovery is really cool. I also love when you go to Eventide Island, and like if I went there with like four hearts. Right, me too. And I snuck on top of the sleeping dude to steal the orb, right? Yep. Like there, I love that concept that it's like Gulliver's Travels, like this guy is so big and you're completely outmatched, and so you are stepping quietly you're around. Tiptoeing up his belly to steal yep. the ball around his neck. And he's all like scratchy. Um, when, snoring. And then you come back with like tw- 12 hearts and you're like, I don't care. I'm just going to oh, yeah, take you out, gonna, right? Yeah. But that said, I'm totally with you in that I think I would have wanted a little more diversity in the bosses. The mini bosses around the world were a brilliant idea. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really, really cool. Once you actually got into the Divine Beast and you're fighting just variations of Ganon and then eventually have to meet them again at the end, uh, depending on what you do. Um, that was cool too, but I think I would have wanted, you know, just give me a couple gigantic lizards or a huge spider or, you know. Or a, lean on some of yeah, the classic- yeah. No spiders, man. Yeah. Like classic uh, yeah. Skulltellas. Nothing. I think we'll get. I think we'll get there eventually. Yeah. You know, as as this new step in this direction of the, for the franchise continues yeah. to evolve. But 
But let's not forget Guardians either. And like I thought, oh, Guardians yeah, were true. so intimidating in the beginning of the game, where you go ah, the first time you meet one and they start shooting the laser. First of all, you're instantly dead. Right. Then you're like, all right, I respect your authority. I'm gonna go around the wall into the shrine, right? And then by the time you have the master sword, you're like leg off, leg off, leg off. You're yeah. riding into them with a freaking on top of a deer oh, yeah, or something. Like you well, see the thing in videos people are doing now. People like target. Oh my god! And someone just pop, pop, pop. Or people like holding up shields, lasering them in the eye, and then doing selfie poses. Yeah. Like it's it's really brilliant. Yeah. And then and you the freeze them with stasis too, yeah. and you feel super powerful when they're frozen. That's again. the other thing too. Yeah. Like when you go to the the shrines where you're actually battling variations of them, even the high level ones, you alternate between uh, like freezing or like ice hour. You know, like yeah. and you can basically hit them without them even swinging at you once. But oh, those yeah, the guardians out yeah. in the yeah. world, the music that plays during them for the first few hours really suits your playstyle because it is frantic yeah. and insane. It's like da, 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 and you're like ah, I'm shooting lasers at you all over the place. It's great. I, I like the the introductions though to the Thunderblight, the different forms of Ganon, which yeah. um, we're we're getting really close to story. I promise. If you're listening, um, you like the Ganon um, forms? Well, I like the concept of them. I'm not sure if they were executed as well as it's like with the story for Thunder sure. Thunderblight yeah. is my favorite. I like this idea too that he. He's sort of like Voldemort in this in this game, right. where he separated his soul and he has these four guardians like that he is watching over. Um, and I thought that was cool. And I love their introduction from an audio perspective because it's like bum 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 yep. bum, and you're like, yeah. oh man, it's about to go down right <laughs> here. Um, I thought that was really cool. And Thunderblight is my favorite form because of how aggressive he, he was. He's very aggressive because of. If you reach him early in the game, he almost feels impossible. Yeah. And in mm. fact, he is the first boss. Which, which beast was it? Uh, he was in the, the camel, camel. Uh, okay. inside of yeah. uh, Vana Boris. And so he, yeah, I uh, that one third. He, he is the first time in that game a lot of, at least people I talk to, and myself included, should have considered stepping away. Because yeah. you can. Like There's an exit right there, and they give you the out if you're not ready for that fight. Um, but I was like, no, I can beat this guy. And I stayed in until I did. And it feels so good. Did, did it take you a while you to figure out like the game, the elements, like what you had to use to beat well, him? Or did you go? The doesn't appear until round two. Okay. Round one mm-hmm. is more you have to get your perfect dodge down in order right. to swipe at him. Mm-hmm. Or another way to do it, you can brute force it and just keep hitting his shield because it'll break. Which mm-hmm. is what I did. And then so it you have a big hammer, you can. Yeah, yeah, so I would break his shield. He would have an opening. I would get an arrow shot in. And then before he regenerates his shield, you can get another shot on his yep. eye. I was, a, I was like the archer supreme in that mm-hmm. fight because I had to bring the A-level skills because it was still I still didn't have enough hearts to really right, take right, right. Um, And if you fight him early enough, the lightning will doubly irritate you because it'll knock your weapon away. Yeah. So Which, uh, I know most people who were irritated that was it. It's scary being the first boss because you have so little hearts and mm-hmm. he's such a big menace. I fought him last and he actually scales. The, huh. the order that you beat him in, the last one will always be a lot tougher. Interesting. Uh, and they'll do more damage. So he was actually tough for me, huh. uh, even though he was the last boss and I had a lot of hearts by that time, yeah. just because he was. I was used to fighting all the more passive versions of Ganon Blights, and this yeah. one was so aggressive. I'm just like, whoa, let me just back off for a second. See, I right. find that interesting because huh. I wasn't sure that he scales. I know when you fought him, you put him down pretty fast. See, I went to the beast so so late. I had over 10 hearts already for the first beast. I, I just loved the world so much, and I got like on this like train of upgrading my hearts and my class. 
climbing power my stamina um and just did try and try and try and try and try and yeah. and so when i got there it was a, it was he was a pushover the first one yeah um but what like the, the thund- thunder one was harder because like it has that kind of trick where you go oh i can use lightning against him right like and that took me a while i'm like why what do i do now i'm like oh of yeah. course yeah you know it, that, it's great the feeling of that game where you get yeah. hit over the head with the immediate yep. i know what it is yep uh, so let's transition then let's uh let's talk about um how nintendo approached the story and specifically we're really trying to lean into um this game's attempt to tell a story in a different way because the premise is so different uh it is that for a hundred years this land just got wasted and you're sort of awakened inside of it you have you basically have amnesia and you're trying to piece it together and i thought that at least initially the premise is interesting and i thought the way they separated how they wanted to tell you that story was interesting because the story never really told itself no to you in a, in a in a talk down to you way you had to find the moments in yeah, order to make which it I, I really really like this game set itself up as sort of being a sequel to a Zelda game you never played. Well, yeah, yeah, and I mean, to me, it felt a lot like Wind Waker, only that you were very alone in the beginning. You didn't set out from some, like, tiny village and explore the world. It was like, what happened to Hyrule is the first thing you ask, and then, like, it just remains this mystery for much of the game as you kind of, like, do what the guy in Memento did and looked at his tattoos and starts to remember. Right. You know, like, you gather all these memories and the story pieces itself together. You know, I, I think one thing about the story, it's like, it didn't reveal major things no. like Wind Waker where the world was flooded on purpose or things like that. But like you learn more about, you know, who, who built the guardians and like, um, what, what happened you there. You specifically exactly. learn your relationship to the champions and specifically yes. the one thing they're constantly trying to help you learn is who's Zelda and what is your relationship? What was your relationship with her? Like, I find that the memories quest does a smart thing where the first one is, uh, the first memory I tracked down, I feel, is the one a lot of folks track down because it's the one that you can see Hyrule Castle yes. off in the distance, and yeah. you figure, well, I know where that is, mm-hmm. and that's how a lot of finding those, those that quest line works, except for the harder ones where you're like, I have no effing clue where that mm-hmm. is. But um, in that cutscene, you get fed the information that Zelda resents you, and that blew my mind for a second because it's never been told that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's always that you guys kind of work together, or hey, you go to the Skyloft school together. And well, usually cool. they just met. In a lot of games, it's like you meet her or you past, rescue you just her. Met yeah. her. Or in Twilight Princess, yeah. you just met her. In Wind Waker, she yeah. was a hero, uh, somewhat a hero. In Ocarina of Time, yeah. she was a little girl you met. And you're you you're inexperienced yeah. in all those games. This game starts very different. Yeah, she's, you're she's a badass in all yeah. the memories, right? N- none of those really involve baggage. You know, which yeah. this one does, which yeah. is very interesting to yeah. all of a sudden yeah. be like, what did I do and how do I fix it? But in only following the cutscenes of this game, you don't really get the full picture of who she is. You get a partial image of who she is, right? right. Once you track down all these memories, because you find out more direct resentment, you find out her scientific side and when she grows to accept you and how she tried to get you to eat a frog. Uh, you see the moment she breaks down, which was a moment. I thought that was probably one of the strongest cutscenes in the game because it is the aftermath of a fight you didn't see. You know in your head stuff went down. You right. know in your head this was bad, but then to see her react to it. And granted, 
obviously, uh, you can pick apart some of the performance and definitely some of the writing. Which ones are you talking about? Yeah, there was. Yeah, a, I there thought was the Zelda a, performance didn't match. Voice, yeah, it, right? yeah, it, it was like do a princess voice to me. Yeah. It's like there were some really good voice uh, really actors were. and performances in it, and she's probably a good voice actress as well. But that that choice sounds very different from the other languages too. If you switch it to like German or, or Japanese, yeah. I mean, after after years and years of people asking for voice acting in a Zelda game, I'm still not entirely convinced that we need one um Mm -hmm. i don't know if it if it if it's if it necessarily added or took away from the overall experience i think you didn't like rivali didn't you think he came i thought he was great so there are some really strong performances in them in this game but had you taken all of them away um i don't think it would have made a significant impact in the way i perceived my i think that breakdown scene wouldn't have worked silently i will Mm -hmm. say that i agree with what you're saying though and i do think that a majority of these these cutscenes uh may may have been better or or with that improvement because i'm someone too who felt like zelda the zelda games don't need a voice but in 2017 it's kind of a reality that production values everything in storytelling sure. right yeah. do you remember uh when we first saw that story trailer and we had to go into do the rewind theater and you had that real thing like okay i think all the scenes of zelda in the white is in the past mm-hmm. all of in the blue that's yeah. the present and we thought that was going to be how the story was told yep. and then we found out that zelda's not actually anywhere in the game until the very very end they were scenes from the past yes mm-hmm. yeah. all of them were scenes from mm-hmm. the past mm-hmm. i thought that was actually a very smart way of doing it because as i was thinking of that i was like well if I want to go explore this world and I have Zelda waiting here at this rock saying, hey, meet me over here by this rock for this important cutscene. I'm like, nah, I'm going to go over here for yeah. like five years. And like that happened a lot in other open world games like you right. know, Skyrim where it's like, mm-hmm. we got to go on this quest to defeat the dragons. Where are you? I'm going to go this way. Yeah. Like the, you lose that sense of importance when yeah. you're going somewhere else. So having them tied to memories where no one's waiting for you. I mean, yeah, again, the whole threat there is there. But no one's actually like, hey, where have you been for the last... 20 years totally right. works like you have Impa who's an old lady she's not going anywhere right like mm-hmm. she's like a rock like you can go and talk to her and like check in on your quest and then everyone else was almost like a reintroduction like you meet like a king or a leader and they're like oh you look a lot like this guy mm-hmm. who you know failed fighting Ganon I think um, that, it was that, really smartly done yeah all that like world building that you got through side characters was really well done and I feel mm-hmm. like um, other games that in the past have the master sword yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. And, like, the games in the past in the Zelda series have touched on it, right? Like, you get to a village, you get to a town. Skyward Sword had, like, some very lovable characters living in the towns and stuff like that. But when you walked into certain towns in this game, you believed that everyone lived there because they liked it and they wanted mm-hmm. to be there. Or they hated it and they wanted to get out. You know, there was there was this, like, believability to the world there that I think really lent itself to the story. And the way that history sat underneath all of it was really smart. Yep. Yeah. And, and they don't paint specifics. Mm-hmm. No. I, I respect them for not doing that. And it, it's interesting because I got in a, in a pretty heated conversation with a good friend who wanted more of that. And I don't blame him for that because I think every person's going to come to a Zelda game differently. Um, and that's the kind of stories that uh, he definitely loves. But for me, it was more, I kind of like not knowing. And I kind of like that I have the loose version of it because realistically that, that made sense to me. Mm-hmm. Like this is the aftermath yeah. and I'm piecing it together and that's okay. But there wasn't a major revelation like the Wind Waker thing. Um, no. and, I, and that, that's a good observation. And, and I think it was emotionally, I think it didn't hit the beats right. And like, it's, it's hard to design a game that is this open and this broad and like where literally there can be 30 hours between your 
finding one story element of Zelda and the next one, right? It's right. very difficult yeah. to keep that momentum going. And I laud them for how they constructed it, but I felt like the memories didn't always hit. Like they, they needed to be a little bit more emotional baggage to the entire world being wiped out. Yeah. Like I wanted to see more of like what happened to like the close confidence and the characters that mattered. Like they started to build out like almost a, you know, there was this over-reliance on technology on Zelda's part, right? Like, she was really it's excited about yeah. using technology as the answer because she thought she didn't have it in herself, right? So that was the easy crutch for her to go to. And they were showing these scenes where they were testing one of the Guardians, remember that? Like, one mm-hmm. of the stalkers, and, like, it it looks around, and it's, like, it's almost, like, cute the way it's acting. And, like, you know they're not cute once you fought them. Right. I thought that was really cool, and then I felt like the moment where the, the Guardians turn on people needed to be developed and shown differently shown a little like more. that needed yeah. to be the big emotional impact and i had you know i finished final fantasy 15 as well which has all these crazy emotional moments like even after the credits you keep watching you're like oh man i'm yeah. cutting some onions right now much. right like yeah. it's very it's very heavy yeah. and i and zelda doesn't need to have that but i felt like you need a little bit more oomph but, but this emotion. was almost to me this was re- revenge of the jedi like this <laughs> was like we we lost you know yeah. and you survived yeah. And we need you to, because everyone who talks to you in this game, who who knows who you are, is dead. Like, I mean, you learn very early on, the king is no more. And mm-hmm. he reveals himself and tells you, we've got a problem. And then you meet the champions, and you are put in touch with these memories of them. But at the same time, they're dead when you complete those dungeons. And even though they take control of those beasts again... It is very much a, kind of a sad, darker, sadder story to some extent. Not darker. But they didn't tell it well enough. Like if you had seen the the champions die in yeah. a meaningful way, where at the end, like you were getting more and more pissed at Ganon for what he has wrought. Like then, I feel like that would have worked better. Like I, I was never like Ganon to me was this force of nature, and it wasn't like in Ocarina of Time where he was this man and like he was kind of like. See, but I think we're transformed to a beast. Uh, attachment to the champions to just general storytelling of like this happened and I think to me I was more impacted by that than say having to see them die I, I guess, think there's I guess a story beat that could have been in there though because yeah. yeah. all of them just say like oh yeah that's that guy who killed me good yeah. luck I'm like really is that all that happened like you guys were supposed to be the best of the best like I want to see like how could they beat you Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you do get that moment of like when you got all the divine beasts and like you guys all beat Gan with all four or yeah. did you do it without him? I, I tried it both ways. ways. Okay. Uh, well, first we want to know what happens, but like I, I did it with all four and of course all of them get triggered and that is a cool moment, right? Mm-hmm. It's like bam, bam, bam. Yeah. And it well, takes off take lots of his, his health. Yeah. Of his health. And you're like, this really helps. So if you go to the castle without defeating the divine beasts, which I did on a whim because I was like, I finally want to experience this. You basically have to fight all forms of Ganon one at a time in that throne room mm-hmm. and the fight is somewhat different because for example our water blight ganon doesn't flood the room you're in, in that sanctum to, uh, in the top to, area yeah. mm. no he knows where yeah. Yeah. yeah um he uh you you basically have to sort of handle the the same fight there and sometimes mm-hmm. the fights are the same and sometimes they're not uh, yeah, you like get a kind of crutch yeah which i thought was cool so but much work put the into way this you huh? the non-linear it. nature it's it's crazy yeah, yeah. yeah. and yeah. the way you mentioned it where you take out all four and yeah. then you it takes off half of calamity 
Calamity, like the final form of Galen, Calamity Ganon's help, who didn't really look like Ganon, by the way. He looked like something out of a of a cyborg action picture. Like that was yeah. a really yeah. weird, strange look. Well, for they lean into that sort of like cyberpunk used future look for a lot of stuff in the game, which I actually really liked. It's it's very odd to sort of do used future and then that sort of like kind of tangible wooden earthly uh, environmental stuff mashing together at the same time. Mm-hmm. And the way they did it was with like light and lasers, but then also like very kind of ancient looking etchings and they stuff. Had jo- they had Japanese Jomon yeah. culture, right? And ancient Japanese yeah. culture influenced all the design. Yeah. Which is really cool. That article going around where we were kind of geeking out about that. But um, I think that the end result of you just being in this big field that was sort of barren and then fighting this like pig monster on all four feet Rampage. was kind of like it, it kind of ended with a whimper like it felt sort of just like i don't know it just felt like the end of like a of a very generic kind of 90s video game like i thought that it was so much invention and so much like ingenuity and almost everything else around this game and then it ended with that and i compare that to say like the last moment in wind waker or even like twilight princess had a very similar approach where you're out in the field and you're fighting ganon in his, in his final form but this was just like you're on that a was horse a culmination of four different boss phases yeah. where you had to fight the puppet zelda and you fight the beast and you fight yeah. him on a horse back yeah, good point. Yeah. And that final clash one one like yeah. that well, was or even not going enough time yeah. that's Wind, the one that shaped it all right yeah, yeah. yeah. Wind Waker has the stabbing the sword into the head of Ganon and like I, everyone who do, does it is like whoa yeah, it's the right? kind of thing like, like you think yeah. about every, you yeah. think about when you picture Wind Waker yeah. you picture him with that like happy little face and sneaking yep. around and then you picture that and you're like oh that's right and then yeah, Twilight Princess that. had the emotional beat of the very first thing which annoyed everybody mm-hmm. the very first thing you're learn is to tackle the beasts and knock them over and that becomes the key to beating the you know beating ganon's yeah. like beast form thematically like, having the, the final boss be ganon unleashed made sense because yeah. this was a ganon who just at the very end of all these whatever timelines sometimes he goes he's done being ganondorf he just wants to rage sure. across the world that made sense to me but just like the whole like oh you just gotta shoot nah okay we're yeah. done even when she says the line um you have to shoot him in the glowing spots i just I kind of twitched for a second. I was yeah. like, "Wait, really? <laughs> this this is where we leave." Star Fox. It felt I, I very video come, game. It Shoot did. the glowing spots. I, I I didn't come to terms with it until I looked at it as well. This is a ceiling ritual. This is the moment that the game is constantly talking about that they trained you for. It's just a shame they didn't find a way to make that more interesting. Totally. I, um, and it, it made me very conflicted at the end because I almost was like. Yeah, that was a whimper. And then you get that cutscene at the end, which there are two forms of. And yeah. you get one, which before the credits roll, ends with, you know, thank you, and do you remember me? And then yeah. it's roll credits. And if you track down all the memories, you got an extra ending. If you didn't, you did not. And right. so that was it. And so I, I almost feel for anyone who didn't finish the game with every memory Good. captured because you didn't get anything that felt complete. Also, one yeah. of the few Zelda games where there, the credits were just kind of empty. There was no, like, credit sequence of, like, here's how everyone's coping now that you've beaten the final Oh, yeah, boss. yeah. They, they do the kind of camera showing all kind of, like, the side characters and what they yeah, do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of missed yeah. that. I, I think the challenge with that, though, could be that this is kind of 100 years of solitude, for better or for <laughs> yeah. worse. Like, there isn't It would have been, like, like yeah. a lot of uh, open world or 
games where you can have multiple choices would like go like, oh, hey, do you help those people? Yeah. Now they're prospering. Like, yeah, like show side cool. on, show like each of the new heroes. I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, I think they realize they'll never top the ending credits to Super Mario World for the Super Nintendo, so why bother? Well, Link to the, <laughs> but Link to the Past has a really nice credit sequence. It does, it too, does. Which culminates in Link, basically the sword is back and it sleeps forever, right? Like it's such a great beat, too. Oh, I love um, but I, I, did, I did like in this game, I did like the, do you rem- remember me? I think the delivery wasn't good and like that could have been done better um but like that kind of question mark where you go like yeah it was a quest for identity and you know like i like you were recovering these memories and really figuring out who this link was usually it's like a young boy and he's nobody in this case this guy was somebody he was the second in command to the princess and all of that yeah yeah, like there there was all this and then you get this question mark do you remember me and you're like yeah you know now i remember like how powerful zelda is after this battle too she rediscovered that and then the post credit sequence is more of the the kind of forward looking happy ending where you now realize that the work is just starting the world is destroyed and somebody's got to rebuild it and that's where Zelda comes in right like she gives life and like she knows where to go next Link wouldn't know you probably just sit down and like fry some more uh, uh, goblin guts or something but like Zelda's got a plan like she's ready to take you somewhere and continue See, I feel that those are all strong things I'm just not sure that they nailed it no they didn't no i, I yeah. absolutely agree uh, yeah you're right in that. and some of it is like you know fire emblem has really nice kind of cutscene storytelling and like the the studio that works on them puts a lot into it i think this game was so huge you know that i i don't think they spent quite enough time making sure that the storytelling was as good as it could be and then it's also the translation right new voices again on top of that i don't know how much time they spend on that yeah. i i would love to play the japanese version just to get a better I, sense See, maybe this there. thinking too is that you don't show a post-credit sequence because you do want to build on this in some sort of sequel way, and you're not yeah. like just putting a bow on it. At also, the end. there is that you get to play the post game. That's true. Yeah, yeah it does well, immediately in a, a certain sense. It's not really the post game. It's not like Red Dead Redemption yeah. where you get to play the post game. In a, in a way, the game has not ended. Right. Yeah. It resets Having the end and like that. Yeah, but that, I don't think that's the same. I it's guess not, it's not the I'm same, saying. but yeah. it, it does let you go like, oh, well, there's no rebuilding because I have to keep, I'm not yeah. done yet. Yeah. yeah. No, that, I think that's a fair point as well. Um. Nintendo Voice Chat is brought to you by Gamefly, the leading video game rental service with over 9,000 titles to choose from. Gamefly lets you try your favorite games and movies before you buy them and keep the games as long as you want, which you'll definitely need for a game like Zelda Breath of the Wild. There are no late fees and you can cancel anytime. You can even rent movies. Movies! A premium trial allows you to check out two games and or movies at a time. You can only get this offer by visiting Gamefly.com slash NVC. So go sign up and start playing all your favorite games absolutely free for 30 days. That's Gamefly.com slash NVC. Let's go down our favorites. We've we've talked about... uh this game to death now for at least 57 <laughs> minutes according to the lovely prompter but mm-hmm. um, I wanted to quickly just sort of go down the list of the things uh, certain things that stood out to us and I picked different categories in the hopes of just generating a little more discussion before we call it uh, the end to the immaculate spoiler cast that we've been planning forever um, so let's lead with uh, favorite champion did you have a favorite champion yeah mine was Rivali. Okay. Why? I just, I, I, I just, I really, because it sounds the most like Italian food. You got me. <laughs> <laughs> That's my answer. I don't have to say anything else. That's perfect. No, no. I, 
<laughs> I hope not. Like, is that it? <laughs> uh, I just, I love that whole setup. I love the voice acting around that. I know I said before, like, you know, I could have taken or leaving the voice acting. That's one of the scenarios yeah. where I thought it worked really well. Great. Yeah. So he's, he's the only guy that's not, like, fawning over you. He's just like, so what if you're the hero? I don't care. Yeah, I, I really like that. And he felt like it felt very Star Foxy almost, you know? Totally. It was total Falco. Yeah, totally Falco. Mine was Urbosa, the, the Gerudo champion. Yeah. I just thought, first of all, the performance was great. She was awesome, great voice. And I just loved the concept of like this kind of strong warrior who still fell to this battle. And like she kind of had like a sarcastic tone to her. Mm-hmm. And you knew that like when you unleashed her power in the end, she would, you know, she well, would bring jokey it. side. Yeah. She just snapped her fingers yep. and like woke up Zelda. And the, I, I, yeah. th- I had the same answer. Yeah, that's Urbosa right. Urbosa was my favorite because she was this pillar of strength. Right. I thought was, uh, was also very um, reserved and just out of all of them, each one of them had different personality. Rivali was kind of the, the, the boastful, like, braggart. Kind like, of snarky, really, too. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I, there's plenty of versions of him on the internet. Um, the Goron was, uh, was... I liked the Rook's theme the best. Like, his oh, music yeah, yeah, yeah. was yeah. beautiful. It was, it was yeah. haunting, yeah. but also, like, very strong and nice. had this melancholy feel. But my favorite champion is Mifa. I'm sorry. Nice. Link was robbed. He should have had his, his, his fish wife who made him a wedding present <laughs> of a tailor fit Zora armor. And yeah. he's like, oh, by the way, she's dead. Guess you get to go as Zelda now. He's I'm like, also one of the only ones you ride into battle. Like, you look, but if you look at someone like Rivali and like that whole sequence, we just did it again during uh, Link, Link Together the other day. He's like just not even there. You're up in the sky, like shooting arrows and stuff like that. And you're oh, like, yeah, where the, is the this new bird? He's drawing yeah. fire, allegedly. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine like <laughs> well, for Sidon too. Like, I would love to see Sidon Link go on adventures together because, yep. yep. like, that character was so realized. He just like loves Link. He's like, Link, you're the coolest guy ever. Let's go do things. I'm yeah. so happy you're here. I thought he'd be like a vehicle for the rest of the game. You know? <laughs> like you could just call him in. Just whistle for Sidon. Kind of like uh, the broomstick in uh, Link Between Worlds. Yeah. The witch who would come to like help yeah, you get, get around. the little uh, ocarina. You summon yeah. the, the bird to come by and grab you. That's funny. Um, yeah. All right. So uh, your favorite characters in the overworld. Oh, uh, I, I've talked about this one in the past on the show, but I really, really liked that lady who who lives on the beach, who's insane. And who knows the ball? The ball. <laughs> <laughs> like, that to me was just like, you are so off the beaten path. You are so far from where you need to be doing anything specifically in that game. There's not even a lot, like, story-wise to even do that in there that even makes sense. But you're just like, I want to go run along the beach. I'm on a horse. You know, it feels like Planet of the Apes. And you turn the corner and there's just this crazy woman that's like, find me pictures of the Guardians. I want to find them so I can let go of this ball. I really love this ball. I love the Guardians. And you're like, what the hell is wrong Everyone with this Everyone takes the photo and tweets it the yeah they find her like what the heck is and you just come on? back with your phone and you're like look at all these pictures i got and she's <laughs> like oh to, my god you tried to take the ball and she's not having it's it either so yeah. weird yeah. there's a lot so, of crazy uh, yeah. characters uh the yes. the one by the uh the flower shrine oh, oh god this, yeah and if you do it enough she goes like i tried to tell you she just like runs around screaming and then like falls on she's like yeah i tried to tell you not to touch a flower she just runs at you and then like she, link screams yeah. and it fades to black and she beats <laughs> you within an inch of your life like yeah because you yeah. stepped on her flowers. Yeah. So my my favorite is it's not an overworld character. It's the clan leader for the Yiga. Oh, oh yeah, and like that's I guess that's a mini boss, but yeah. it, it's played for laughs. What's his it's name? Not uh, Master Koga. Master yes. 
Mr. Koga. Yeah. Yeah. And that's because he has, he's like the hubris. Like he yep. thinks he's the coolest person. He's, he can't be defeated. He's got his bananas in his pocket and everything, right? Like he thinks he's got it all. And then it's the easiest, stupidest way to defeat him by just kind of <laughs> letting his stupid spiky balls drop on his head. And he just gets <laughs> so angry at you. It felt like, little, like getting yeah. angry, like he's so little, angry. It felt like so 70, 70s, 80s Japanese animation. Like that whole thing, yep. like the humor and the goofiness to that. And when he builds up to his final form and then just falls, yeah. and you're like, wait, no. that's it? All right, yeah. bye. And then it's like, it reminds me of like Borderlands had a, a famous like tiny little boss that yep. where you think it's going to be something great and it's not. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, that battle sets up the fact that you are now hunted by all of the clan members. You know, you hear the ha 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 and like they yep. appear and like. Yep. Yeah, and I, I, I want to believe that this is proof that the Zelda and Kong universe are somehow intertwined uh, because all of the Yiga members love bananas. Yeah. Uh-huh. this unhealthy obsession. They have a banana <laughs> horde, too. Did you see it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I found Maybe it in the Yiga cry. Yeah. I was like, wait, you what is. Collect like 30 bananas. Did you ever drop one in front of like the the big burly guy yeah, like, oh yeah whoop, whoop, whoop. yeah they and go crazy like, are you kidding they me make monkey noises i think they're monkeys in disguise yeah. again storytelling for that is so brilliant because yeah. like you encounter these guys and whenever you kill them a banana is left behind and you go like what is with a banana that's how you right? know it was yiga and so of course you, banana in japanese like, when you when you figure out that you <laughs> drop a banana in front of one and they're distracted by it i think it's so brilliant yeah, like yeah. the way that's constructed it's what's so your favorite fun. uh mine so this is weird to put this guy in my favorite, but I thought this was really creepy and funny and much like Brian's ball lady. (laughs) Bullseye. Uh, This was the dude with the boots quest. Because you oh, find him. Who's in love with you? No. So hang on. Let's talk about him. <laughs> that guy is so desperate for a girl. He yeah. is hanging out outside of the only town where there is one, where there, it's just all females yeah. and waiting for the right one. He and just the runs only around the reason runs outside. He spits game at you is because you approach him as a woman. If you approach him as male Link, he's like, I am not interested. Keep it moving. Yeah. And I thought that was hilarious because they worked in a, sto- a, a ridiculous reason for why he is <laughs> where he is. Yeah, I mean, it's a double entendre. He's in a desert and he's also thirsty. <laughs> I just also love that he has two pairs of boots to go. Yeah. I also love yeah. how Link's sassy response where you're just like, it's like, oh, so you, you want to go? Give me the boots. Well, what? <laughs> boots. Yep. Yeah, the response is Link was sassy in this I love game, it. Man. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And the Gerudo area, uh, if I if I can go into favorite town, I'll lead off. Gerudo area, I think, is my favorite because yeah. there were some of the wackiest, silliest master, the master Koga, the Yiga clan. The fact that you have to dress up as a Gerudo, which I never thought Did Zelda you go would go into do. the dating room, like the dating school. Oh God, no! It's so hilarious. There's a, dating school? There's a like how to date vies uh, yes. or vo. And like, there's like a whole class you can attend. You can kind of like be like on the side as like the the Hylian person. And they're like, okay, so let's say you're going down a road and you see a, a Vo. What do you do? And then like one one girl's like, oh, I would like you know uh, greet him with an open hand. Show I wasn't had weapons. That's pretty good. What about you? <laughs> I'd punch him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> so so, it, so it, there's good. just so much comedy in that area, including <laughs> when you meet the person to give you the outfit to be a woman. Because the minute you see him, you're like, that's a Dude. Oh my god! And they do that that joke with the cinematic of uh, the the real br- uh, br- watch out for the wind, and you just see his veil go up. Yeah, Link is like horrified. What was the reason for him? 
Um, like they, they, he was just trying to pick up everyone in the Gerudo area who was a guy was thirsty. just all disguised. Yeah, they, <laughs> they just wanted something to. It's the post-apocalypse, man. Yep. Yeah. If their children listening, do not tell them what that means. It was. It was very. I felt it was very fairy tale like. Yeah. You know, like a lot of kind of like this innocent fairy tale um, storytelling, like the you know uh, Arabian Nights kind of stuff. Like in mm-hmm. this case with uh, Gerudo, um, the, uh, there were a lot of cool little small characters. Yeah. yeah. Like the, the yeah. date, the, the, there's like the lovesick guy next to the heart pond who like oh. the, who meets that tall Gerudo lady too. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you found them. No, I did, but like yeah. in like, in like various random areas, you find cool things. And let's not forget everybody's favorite dancing Korok yeah. with the maracas. Yeah. I oh, love, I love dropping is like the tingle Korok love yep. child. Frame rate destroying maracas. <laughs> Bummed me out that there was no tingle on Tingle Island, but there is mef- a, a mention of him in one of the books in Gerudo village. Oh, did wow. you find it? No. It's this, it's like a diary entry from this guy. who's like, I'm 35 and I still don't have a fairy. Like I don't I know what's that. going on here. Oh my god, it's so, really sad. He's so, out there. Yeah, he's so out there. I was man. I was trying to piece together all the hints to figure out where this game fell in the timeline, mm. and like that's that. you know obviously like the presence of certain villages, names, uh, you know the Tingle, all yeah. the uh, all the Tingle Brothers Island names. Like it all suggested like it would be you know it's after Ocarina, after Wind Waker, after Spirit Tracks, all these games somewhere. It's never defined and it's never yeah. clear where it falls. You find the ruins of Lon Lon Ranch, so obviously. Obviously, there had to be a Lon Lon Ranch before, um, but I love that that it had little tie-ins with all these different. It's a nice melting games. pot of yeah. every Zelda thing. You can find something from everything. I think that's yeah. really cute. And honestly, they probably again didn't really think it through all the way. They're like, ah, eh, we're not going to make sure it all fits into neatly into a timeline. Oh. And then some poor sob has to explain so, it. And in the end, it's like a third timeline where Link was for yeah. towns. Yeah. Did you guys build Terrytown? Yes. Talk about that. Terrytown is hands down my favorite quest. My favorite town, mm-hmm. my favorite characters, all rolled into one. Yep. And it only happens after you find the homeowner quest to make your own home. And once you um, get all the resources, you give them the money. It's like, okay, cool, you did it. Let's build the house. And you have to build all the upgrades. Then he's like, all right, um, ta- hey, Hudson, I need you to go off to the Akala region. And he's like, you better talk to him first. I'm like, well, okay, what? why? Mm-hmm. So I talked to the carpenter. He's like, yeah, I guess I'm going over to Akala. See you later. Yeah. And that plays this really weird jingle as he just walks off into the sunset. It's like, music was what so was that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it's like, so I follow him yeah. and he's like, oh, hey, I'm building the town over here in the Akala region. You want to help me? I need like 500 pieces of wood. Uh-huh. I'm like, okay. And he's like, oh yeah, I also need some people here too. But according to the Bolson construction thing, they have to have a last end name ending in sun. Yeah. Okay, so this becomes, like this, yeah, this becomes this quest of having to build this town by finding like the zaniest characters who are just plucked from different regions. Because yeah. then you start thinking, yeah, you're like, who have town. I met, yeah. right? And every yeah, yeah. time you find that person, and they're just like, hey, there's a town over here. He's like, okay, cool. Da-na. They just like walk off. He's like effectively building a multicultural sovereign nation. (laughs) Like he's just like I want to start. I was worried it was like Jonestown or something. Like (laughs) there's weird weird cult in the the making. It probably is. The most beautiful part is the more you build the town, the more the town music comes alive, and it starts taking up parts of every other town you've been to. So you'll hear like the the Gerudo music kind of pop Mm -hmm. up for a bit, and you hear Kakariko pop up. You hear like the horns, and like that's really smart. This is amazing. And then the, the very end, you have to find some 
someone uh, to marry two people in the town, and there's this whole like wedding sequence straight on Majora's Mask. I'm just like, yep. this is beautiful. Yeah. And then I also really love good. that they they actually had the element that the characters would move from a town away. Like you used to be able to go to your house and upgrade your house, but now the construction guys weren't there, right? Like they were there yeah. for the wedding. It was cool that they actually added all these very special things, and like the yeah. the lights out forest to me was really cool. Yeah. By the way, Salamander, when you first walk in, it's all dark, freaking amazing. Uh, best yeah, best that was beginning so cool of a too. divine beast ever. Okay, yeah. right, lightning round because we're out of time. Yep. Uh, so, favorite div- divine beast, go. Uh, bird. Uh, Va Rudania, which is lizard. the lizard. A lizard. lizard. Thanks. Camel, which okay, is, I know, not a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Lo- favorite yeah. one by far. Just love the tumblers. So cool. Uh, favorite boss, uh, go. Uh, I was saying Master Koga, Ganon, uh, the Windblade Ganon, actually. I really like that okay, one because cool, the, the cool. way you could gust up in the air and slow down arrows on him nice. and stuff. Climb my Ganon. Okay. Uh, it was it was Mulduga the sandworms until I, I figured out fun. how to easy do them and it's Stalnox. I just love the that it has multiple elements to it. Mm-hmm. All right, and mine was Thunderbike Blightganon followed very closely though by Calamity Ganon. Yeah. I will say. Mm-hmm. All right, sorry we had to rush that, but it's <laughs> yeah. just really quick shout over. out to Eventide Island because we didn't mention it once. Oh, but it's so good. Watch our, watch our Survivor fight on that. Yeah. So Survivor good. Hyrule. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was also very Link's Awakening to me. I really I, and same with Luralin Village, which was you know. But that's the thing. There, there's so many different places. Like, and I love like. Kakariko Village being this Japanese town, right, was really cool to just explore. And then you go, it's ringed by mountains, and they're like Korok hidden there, and treasure chests, and then, oh, in the water is a treasure chest. Yeah. Just like this richness of the world. Yeah. You could explore places you'd been to like five times and like delve deeper and into them. something new. In yeah. the mountains, like door, giant doors, and sure. then you go, I can snowboard down, and there's some poor wom- woman living in a village with all the shields on the wall, yeah. take pictures. Yeah, the doors in the mountain were great, and I love yeah. that there was like a, a woman who... Uh, lady who was the best shield surfer yeah. of all time. Yes, that was yeah. her, yeah. There was a lot of things buried. I almost feel quest for giant Leviathan bones. Like the game is packed with unique quests. This game definitely is one uh, I will I feel like I will never forget. Like yeah. it feels like one of those like highlights of a of a career where you're just like, yeah, I I did that or we experienced that. Mm-hmm. Our generation was yeah. first to that game. Um and man, let me tell you, you you could not believe the impact. Um even the way it took over this office, yeah. and even the way uh, it took over like the internet it's industry, yeah, yeah. The, it's still, yeah. It's it's still gamers everywhere. It's like still, my travel go to game. Game whenever I'm on a plane or something, I, I'm done. I mean, 160 hours into that game, I should be done. I still go for quests to upgrade my. Well, armor. That's the thing. I mean, on top of everything else, this is a portable game. Yeah, right. To have a world <laughs> this big in in your pocket, if you have Jinko jeans on, yeah. but, <laughs> or a backpack, or a backpack. Yeah, maybe. Uh, the idea of that is just so special to me, and I really love the fact that we are just getting started with this game the the videos that are breaking out now uh the the one you just did recently where you built a mine car like a, a, a go-kart, go-kart. um the yeah. the shrine hacks that people are doing now the yeah, speed run stuff yeah. the fact that there's dlc, DLC coming, yeah like, this is a and and i think the way we're gonna see this inspire games for years and years to come it just really is a testament to how special and wonderful this thing is yeah and i look forward to that it is definitely something that and especially when the dlc comes around if you're like me who i I had to put it down because I had other things to worry about. Right. I plan to very much pick that game back up and find those last 23 shrines and sure. just put I'm it done with the down. shrines. I got all the shrines. I'm never going to do the 900 coral leaves, but I am going to upgrade. Uh, uh, 800? 800? 900. 900. 900. Yeah. You, did you do them? Oh, I'm, you're still, I'm still in the process. Yeah. This has been the most stressful and fun guide to write. 
But I'll do, I'll definitely do, and, and your map, I mean, if you search for a Breath of the Wild map, you'll find an awesome interactive map where you can turn on, toggle on things like the leaves and the shrines, and it'll help you find them at least. Like, I found the shrine map when I was at 112 shrines. Mm-hmm. I found the shrine map so helpful. I didn't know how to raise them or find them, but I, I knew what area yeah, they were in. Yeah, you click on if you want more description. If you want to hold back, you're welcome to do so. Right. right. All right. Well, thank you for listening to Nintendo Wish Chat. We're a weekly show on IGN. And next week, we are going to go kart crazy because we're going to be talking about Mario Kart as well as whatever's going on. Wii U Tetris. Wonder Boy. Love it. Wonder Boy. uh, The Dragon's Trap. There's a lot to talk about. So uh, thank you for listening, for watching. You can always leave us feedback at mvc at IGN.com. Just email that address or head on over to iTunes or your favorite podcast service and leave us a review if that's an option. Lastly, you can find us on Twitter. You can find Brendan Graber at... At Raga underscore Fraga. You can find Brian Altano at... At Agent Bizzle. And you can find Per Schneider at... At Per IGN. You can find myself, Jose underscore Otero. Thank you so much. And we'll be back next week with more Nintendo Voice Chat.